Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Be sure to hit up Ray Allen at rayallen.com. Use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off. They got the new training app and the new product collaborations. So be sure to hit them up. Use the discount code, download the new app. All right. Everybody knows we love Dogtra, dogtra.com. Uh, the Y600 bar collars, the 1900S uh, black. That's one of uh, Ted's favorites. Uh, check them out, WDR10 for 10% off a single item over $200. That is dogtra.com. Hits K9 for handlers by handlers in Chocolate City for 2024, New Orleans, 2024, August 21st to the 23rd. Hit them up. Hits K9, letter K9.net. Don't wait till the last minute to sign up. We have a great relationship with the folks down at Kinetic Dog Food. Uh, they have a great balance of healthy meats, grains, and it's made specifically for working and sporting dogs. Check them out, kineticdogfood.com. You will not be disappointed. They are great. American Aluminum, best inserts in the game. Hit them up at Easy Rider Online. That's the letter E Z Rider Online.com. Dude, Horizon Structures, man, they make some of the greatest stuff. They'll come and drop it off a big kennel right at your property. Hook up to your power, hook up to your electric. Check them out, horizonstructures.com. They're always running discounts on the website, horizonstructures.com. All right, everybody, we are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting the bite. Uh, my name is Eric Stambro, and I'm coming to you from beautiful Lake Mohawk, uh, Malvern, Ohio, where I live in my spare bedroom. I still don't have the Working Dog Radio thing. I forgot it up in Canton, um, among other things I forgot uh, with me always from Tulsa, Oklahoma is Ted Summers. Ted, what is happening over there? Uh, it's hot. <laughs> Pretty much that's it. it, it it's, it's hot. Um, it's hot all over the country, but it is super fucking hot right now. And I'm on my two week break between, uh, or three week break between handler schools. Um, Monday, um, I have 10 handlers showing up for a school. So that's fun. Yeah, that's um, a lot. That's gonna. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of guys. That's a lot of dogs. Uh, picked up five dogs last week from uh, the airport. Got those. Got some other ones working in process. Uh, already got orders on them, and they're for my September October class, which it'll be much cooler. Uh, the kennel is almost done. Ish. We're having our grass installed on this weekend. All of our astroturf. So. Um, mm-hmm. All my handlers are going to be doing obedience in the new AstroTurf outside the kennel, which is going to have a nice, like, those big sail cover things. My landlord installed these giant 20-foot poles and stuff, so it's going to be cool. Nice. Um, yeah, um, it's still hot as shit, though. Like, uh, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Like, dogs dogs are melting. Like, I've got the misters going outside. Um, the dogs that I got in from Europe last week, I'm pretty sure they think we they got shipped to hell. Like mm-hmm. I went out there today to look at them. They're out in the outdoor runs, and uh, I have thermometers out there. So I think the heat uh, temperature today before heat index is like 105 or 106. Uh, heat index was, I don't know, and hot in the teens. And they all have little misters going on them, and I have thermometers out there. So it was like 90-ish. Uh, and I went out there, and the new dogs that just got here have been here a week. They went outside. They were laying flat on the concrete getting sprayed by water, and I was like, eh. Yeah, I get it, buddy. Yeah, like, they're still me wearing too. hoodies over in Germany, so it's yeah. Cool I was like, yeah, there. me too, bro. Like, hmm. so I was like, you'll be, you'll be all right. You won't die. But the kennel is air conditioned. It's like eighty in the kennel. So um, when we took them in to do some work today, they were like, yeah, okay. Well, like, I can handle this. But 
Uh, yeah. So, yep. I got a, this weekend I'm going to see God smack and then, uh, driving over to, uh, next level kennels in North Carolina, doing a two day, uh, e-collar without conflict seminar. Um, and then back over to do pet stuff. And I'm actually, I finished a handler school and I've been just at the pet facility, just repping dogs and putting out fires and doing this and doing that. And I actually was told today by my trainers in my building that they, they enjoy having me around. And I was like, that's so sweet. I, you're fucking full of shit. But, um, and I think why they like having me around is because, and this is what my manager told me, he says, cause you're here helping and repping dogs all day. You're seeing issues the dogs are having or in real time, you're seeing how, what they're doing good or what they need to do more of. She goes, usually you show up here at three o'clock in the afternoon after working police dogs all day, walk in and go, that fucking dog needs more of this. That dog needs more of that. This dog needs, you don't know what day the dog is on and you don't know what we've been working on. And you just come in here and booze and blow everything up. And I'm like, yeah, that's accurate. That's, I can accept <laughs> that. That's true. I, uh, I, I definitely screwed that up. So last week, one of my trainers was on uh, vacation. And so it was uh, me, mainly me and the one girl, Heather, for most of the day. And Heather and Julie are real like an oiled machine. Like they don't bump into each other. They're like working dogs and flowing through there. And my clawed hopper ass, I'm just grabbing dogs. And I don't even look. I'm turning, going to send the dog to place. There's a dog on it. And I'm just like, she's like, what is happening? I'm like, mm -hmm. I, speed. That's me. Speed. Let's go. So, uh, but it's been fun. We've, uh, you know, it's been interesting this week, man, as we have uh, three of the dogs we have in our, our hunger strike dogs. And it's such a pain in the ass. So we're using the um, kinetic dog food, their, uh, their weight gain supplement. Yeah, yeah. using that in the water it doesn't really curb the the hunger for the dog but it does keep weight up and dude today one of them ate nothing but chicken nuggets um we're, we're just doing ground beef on the on their food we're mixing it so what it's doing though is they all got like the shits stuff like that yeah, because they're eating yeah. different things very I nice i can't get consistency out of them man it's been frustrating we have a couple of those that are on a hunger strike and uh we do what you do with your like local uh, animal welfare guys, like our pound. Um, they bring in mm -hmm. some of their problem children and they go on hunger strikes. And um, we've been interviewing some new trainers and they're like, Oh, don't they need to eat? And I'm like, they're not going to let themselves die, but uh, they're not going to let themselves die. Mm -hmm. But uh, they'll, get like, close. We, uh, they'll get close. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, easy cheese is what we use. Easy cheese and peanut butter. Yeah, peanut butter was working, then it stopped working at the same time for all three of them. So I'll think of the, I'll have to keep it the easy cheese in mind. It's so weird that we have a little oh, pity fuck. in the kennel right now that um, I got to tell you, I'd probably keep that dog is sweet. We were at Lowe's yesterday. I'm walking around. I forgot she was there. She's so loose on the leash and she's so good. She's amazing. <clears throat> little gamey, little. Little gamey on squirrels and maybe other dogs, but uh, nice yeah, little dogs. Small, small children can't take. No, no, park. good with small. Mm -hmm. We we tested it on my grandchildren, so we're good. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Ted, who do we got tonight? Man, taking them. Hmm? You're fucking testing your pit on grandkids, man. Not no. I just so let anyway, them walk them. That's all. I, in that vein, um, so everyone knows, uh, Florida is kind of like, um, man. Anytime something random weird happens, it's always in Florida. 
And so tonight it's a friend of ours. We just did an episode with another friend of ours from Tennessee. So tonight we're doing a friend of ours is a canine handler from Florida, uh, from Central Florida, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Bologna. So Joe, how are you, man? I'm doing good, guys. How are you doing tonight? Excellent. So we're going to call this episode Florida Man. Absolutely. <laughs> because because it seems like every time something in the news is like oh florida man throws an alligator through a wendy's window through a wendy's drive through window and uh, so <laughs> give us a little bit of your background uh and we'll get started from there sure uh so my name is joe bologna uh from florida obviously uh from the Orlando area actually that's where i was raised uh <clears throat> Growing up, man, I was never really into dogs. I'll be honest with you. I had dogs growing up, but never trained them, nothing like that. We got into, like, the PetSmart training crap, you know, things like that. Uh, I was never into it. I was actually more into cars and engines and girls, you know. So uh, that's what I did. Uh, became a mechanic for a while and said, yeah, this is this ain't monkey making money, man. It was, like, back then, it was, like, 2004, 2005-ish. And like was, you know, YouTube started getting big back then, so people started working on their own cars, so I couldn't make any money. So I said, uh, what am I going to do, man? So uh, my whole family are in cops. My dad, my dad was a cop. My cousin's a cop. So I was like, I guess I'll become a cop, you know. Um, worked for an agency uh, just north of Orlando. Um, put me through the academy, and that's where I got my first experience with uh, police dogs and working dogs, things like that. Um uh, we were off in the academy one day, and they were like, hey, uh, go to this canine school. There's a city next to us. Uh, one of our guys is in canine school. Go up there. Go hang out with him for the day. See what they're doing, things like that. So I was like, all right, we'll try it out. Get out there, man. And I didn't know what they were going to do to me, but they put me right in the suit. And uh, I looked like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man suit. It was old school Ray Allen ones. And they literally, I mean, no shit. They go, hey, run down this field. And when we say now, stick your arm out. I was like, all right, man, here we go. And uh, I ran down there. Next thing I know, this right here now, my arm goes out, and I get hit like a shotgun round right in the back of my uh, my back. And uh, at the time, I didn't know what the hell kind of dog it was. It turned out to be a Malinois. And uh, he started – he knocked me knocked me on my ass and started shaking shaking me and um, shaking me. And sorry, my room be going off. And, uh, and um, I said, this is what I need to do, man. This is what I need to do in my life. And uh, – Ever since then, I just started training, spending my own money, going to decoy schools, spending my own money, going to seminars, and just learning as much as I possibly can. Um, 2013-ish, like the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, I was able to work a dog. Um, I worked in for my agency, that agency, for about nine years. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, some other things happened with that agency, and I had to move on. And now I live uh, on the west coast of Florida near Tampa. Um, I work for an agency just northwest of Tampa here um, in Pasco County. So, and uh, still training dogs, still working, working dogs. Um, I got my own little pet business going on right now when I do pet, police, things like that. And then I help the agency with their dogs and things like that. So, uh, I'll tell you, it's the greatest job in the world, like they always say. So, that's been so enough. Where show. is your family from? Originally? Yeah. Uh, we're from Long Island. Because that York. ain't no fucking Orlando accent. You can fuck <laughs> off with that. Get, was... the, get out of here, Joe. <laughs> no, so, get out. Uh, <laughs> I have 
there's some things I say like orange like that. There's yeah. that Florida accent, but uh, no, my family we're all from we're all from New York. We're from Long Island, but I grew up in yeah. I grew up in Long Island. Yeah. So, um, so <laughs> the story that you told about the decoy stuff, uh, Ted and I have heard that a million times. I probably did it several times to people. They probably did to me. Maybe not so much as a brand new guy. But now that we know what we know from decoy work, I wouldn't do anything even remotely close to that. The fact that that we never like broke a dog's neck or anything doing that horse shit, putting a new guy in there, some rite of passage with a with a dog that's on the street that we're working and everybody thought was funny. Um, I I would hope nowadays that that's. It's it's probably not zero. It's definitely not zero, but it would be less and less crap with yeah. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's closer to zero than it is. But, you know, it, <laughs> it definitely happens because, you know, we still have those old school people out there. Like we always say, there's old school trainers out there, obviously. Um, and like you said, it's the, the, the rite of passage. And, and I I just I, – I thought it was fun at the time, obviously. I was a 21-year-old mm-hmm. yeah. kid. Like, hell yeah, bring it, you know. But uh, now it's like – like you said, you know, Eric, you know, how we didn't, how you didn't break teeth, necks, uh, I mean, lay, anything, anything. And then also the, the decoy, like, how are yeah. you a person? Like you have this kid, you have this guy, he has no freaking idea what he's doing, man. You know, what if he gets hurt and, you know, tears an ACL and now his career's over, you know? So you gotta be a little bit smarter than that now. Um, obviously now today, if I'm going to do a testing or I'm going to have some guy, Hey, he's a new decoy or let's, post the dog out let's bring them in they'll bring you in let's you know i'm gonna be you know guiding you to where i want to bring you and um then let's you know how feel that you know feel the pressure of the bite and stuff like that but just to send a, a guy out there and i mean 60 70 yards you know and say good luck buddy it, mm-hmm. it's suicide it's suicide for the dog and suicide for the for the uh for the, for the decoy you know, I think we've probably talked on it in here, uh, Ted and I. Uh, I don't really do any long sends anymore. Mm-hmm. No. 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 Even when I'm prepping for the certification, which for us is 40 yards, um, I still don't do it. After the, when the dog recalls, I have the decoy run about halfway in and turn and send them. All the evaluators are cool with it. There's no difference between, you know, mm-hmm. fucking 60 feet and 120 feet the way, you know. The speed is is up there a little bit, but um, I think they do it so that, like in Ohio, it's 120 feet. I think they do it so that you can you can definitely say you can't recall a dog in in 20 feet. It's unrealistic. The yeah. state gives you 120 feet, but we're not doing we're not doing those long sends. Yeah. The only time that we do it is during popper drills, and if I have an experienced decoy, I'll I'll do it on a long distance. If I have one that's not. I use the cheat code where I have a corner. So the dogs yeah. will put the go fasters on go slowers and make the corner and then slows down and then we get contact. Um, but like, <laughs> hey, what's up, little man? Hey, say, yeah. hi. say hi. Say hi. Uh, thank you. He said hello. Uh, that's my son. That's my little canine trainer right there, guys. He nice. loves, he actually actually loves training with the dogs and stuff. You got to see him healing with my uh, Malamots. <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, sorry about that. But going back to the like, right. long. Going back yeah. to long since, like, yeah, I, I, should I stop doing that three, four years ago, man? Like, it's, it's, like I said, it's not worth it. Um, and really also, too, we do it in the schools, you know, our schools are like, you know, slick surfaces and stuff. So that traction's not there. Like, it's just, you know, going crazy. And then mm-hmm. obviously, whatever, whatever you want to do, you want to do a recall or I like a down, like a down first and mm-hmm. then recall back. 
Um, that's just my, you know, what I like. Um, but, or if we're going to do it in the field, you know, we built a, um, it was made out of porta potties, but it was actually pretty good. Like the decoy goes into the, the porta potty. Oh, like yeah, yeah. And like the decoys in the suit. And next thing you know, like we send them dog fucking breaks recall or whatever, get, you know, get your ass in that porta potty, you know? So, and then what happens now, it's almost like almost negative punishment for the dog, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh shit, where'd he go? And then comes back and then, you know, but he's not getting, there's no full blast on there and getting the bite and stuff like that. So no freebies. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. Uh, let's talk about your dogs, man. The one like go forward, go through the dogs you worked and let's talk about a little bit of about yeah, each so one. My first dog, um, I worked, um, got him from, uh, Lazaro Cabrera. Over here at PSD. Ah, um, yep. So love Laz. Yep. We love Laz. Um, great dog. Um, tr- was a tracking machine. Absolutely tracking machine. Uh, just unfortunately, just wouldn't engage. Um, uh, right out of school, and he was just like, "Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't like doing this. I like tracking, but I don't like like biting the sleeve anymore, or biting the suit. So I'm gonna just stop." So we're like, "Yeah, we can't have that." So. Um, Call Laz. Laz is obviously great, and we're really good friends. And uh, we call him up like, "Hey, man, uh, can we? Ch- we gotta change his dog out." He's like, "I got you. I got you. Come to my house." He was, I believe, after in the town was in the Netherlands. He's like, "I got you. Come go to my ahead. house. Go to Mario, uh, which is his I, his nephew was or his right hand man. We got a dog for you." Did I? I walk into his house um, out here, and they got this uh, airplane kennel. This dog, my dog Cos, my retired one, who I still have. Um, he's on his last leg, but I still have him. He. Uh, they had them like strapped down pretty much on the, on the ground still. And the kennels just going boom, 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 boom. And I go, bro, I'm a brand new handler. Like I've got, you know, I've trained dogs and I've been getting bites and bite work and stuff, but you want me to take this freaking thing? And he was just full of piss and vinegar shepherd, man. And, uh, I worked him for close to 10 years and, um, great dog, multiple, multiple, multiple street bites on him. Um, just an absolute machine. And He's a mouth. He's a shepherd. Shepherd, He's a shepherd. Okay. Um, and then uh, right now, so a little also about me too. So I have a, I do have a Dutchy shepherd right now. He's a single purpose dog. Um, I work for, also work for a cargo screening company uh, mm. part time uh, out of the port of Tampa, and um, we uh, do narcotics uh, sniffs for the luggage out there for a cruise ship company. So um, my my dog Chase, he's my little like my little Dutchy shepherd, and um, I trained him up. Uh, he was I was going to train him as a police dog. That kind of went sideways as well. So I was like, well, screw it. I'll just peep him. And uh, I got him single purpose canine, single purpose uh, narcotics dog. And he's a, he's great at that, man. So, so the, the, the dog that you worked first that had all the bites, Koss, you said his name? Koss, K-A-S-S. Yeah. Nice. I kept the name. That was the name he came with. So nice. What didn't you like? What don't you like about him working? Koss? Yeah. Dog. I guess I would say he had the same personality as me, man. Just stubborn little shithead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, would not, this dog would not out a toy, Eric, if, <laughs> if anything. I mean, and again, going back to the old school way, if I yeah. knew what I knew now, you know what I'm saying? I wish, we always say that, right? I wish I knew what I knew now, right? Um, this dog just would not let go of a toy, would not uh bite bite work he was great at like you tell that dog house he pops off a suit he pops off the sleeve but he dude, had higher he had higher possession on a toy than he did oh, a person absolutely. And, and i mind you at this time like i said i'm i'm a brand new handler i'm like i don't know what the hell i'm doing and no one could and no one's well you know he he just has very high prey drive and that's what he is and so you got to deal with it i'm like gotta deal with it what the fuck 
So, um, mm-hmm. you know, they double box this dog a lot too. And I was like, what is going on? Again, I knew what I know now. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing with him was just, I, he was just, when it came to the toy, man, dope work for me, for him and I were, it was, it was a fight. It was a fight every, every time because I, I'd find drugs. Like we'd find, we'd find the drugs in the car and stuff. But when I got to the car, when I got back to my car, the fight's on man for that toy, you know? And I have a, uh, a handler, uh, that I have a mountain of respect for, who is one of my handlers who has one of my dogs, um, who's been a guest on the show, uh, that has a dog like that, that the dog is, I posted a video of that dog outing from a mile away. Like so far it was in a different area code in a building off the decoy, right? Yeah. Nonverbal. Like we hit him with tone and he's like, Boop, and out and come back. But if we give him a ball, we're gonna have to kill him. Yeah, so and and so the handler doesn't give him a ball he gets a blast hose or he gets like one of these little like tugs that's like the size of a computer mouse and he'll out those all day long give him a ball that it's not happening quick story i had a bailout of a car one night uh during after a pursuit and this pursuit dude this was, it was actually one of the best pursuits i've been in but we were i was in a crown vic guys and i'm we're going bahan right in front of the police station like in the grass taking trees down everything right and um we're going and guy bail. Uh, we crash into a tree. I crash my crown Vic in the back of him. This guy bails out, dude. He is the fastest human being in the world, right? So I bail out costs. He goes and he runs right into an apartment complex. And I'm like, oh God. Cause I'm, so I'm running behind him and dude, there are people just scattering everywhere. <laughs> right. So uh, I hear screaming in the middle of this apartment complex and I can't find him. And I scream. I'm like, Cost house here. I hear the screaming actually stops. And here comes Kosh running back to me. And I was like, holy crap, man. That was pretty awesome. We find the guy later on and, uh, you know, he got uh, apprehended again. And uh, he goes, well, this is where he first bit me this first time. So he actually got him the first time out of him. But like you said, man, when it came to a toy, though, even Jesus couldn't freaking get this dog out. So. Yeah, that's always frustrating. And every fight makes it worse. Every fight. Yeah, it makes it worse. So So for those uh, listening, uh, do Eric... Eric's e-collar course. Yeah, follow my e-collar uh, class. I'll teach you how to get that. Tone avoidance. I just taught. <laughs> I just taught the same thing a couple weeks ago in Oklahoma City, and uh, yeah, it works. It, and I don't care yeah. what someone else says, but tone avoidance works. It doesn't. It does not ruin dogs. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. If you're listening yeah. to this. Yeah, there you go. I I, I will second that. I will second that. So uh, besides it, so at the PDA right now, do you are you currently working a dog? So not now. Um, I'm not working a dog right now. Um, we're trying to get there. Uh, hopefully, I'm hoping the next couple of months um, mm. I'll be working a dog. Uh, it's a smaller agency right now. Yeah. Uh, actually, smaller than where I came from, but it's an area where it it's it's busy. We are busy. Um, I think we ran. I want to say yesterday we ran about almost 56, 50, 50 calls about that. Oh. Um, for four Just square miles. Shift? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, yeah, that's um, busy. Um, we are inundated. I mean, you know, we are inundated. It's, it's a nice city. A nice, a nice, it's a nice city. I'll say that. But, you know, it has their stuff. It's just, it's a lot of people in a very small, compact area. Um, but, yeah, I'm, we're, we're trying to work. Uh, we have three dogs right now. Um, uh, unfortunately, right when I started, um, they picked the, the, the third hammer. So uh, I just missed it by a year. But, uh, decent guys man really good guys that are working dogs right now for this agency and the chief 
is thinking about putting a fourth on and uh, fingers crossed hopefully i'll get it you know so okay yeah let's let's hope all right we're gonna go ahead and take our first commercial break when we get back we're gonna talk uh to joe about things that he's seen over the years and during uh currently maybe yeah. some training problems that lead to issues on the street and things some mistakes that we're seeing and maybe Maybe we can help somebody if you're listening and we might be talking to you. We, you know, we never know. Maybe uh, a guy you work with. So stick around, check out the commercials. If you skip them, please support our people because we love them and we support them. So stick around. We'll be right back. We're pleased to have as a sponsor, Rex Specs Canine. They believe that in any adventure where their worker play is better with a dog by your side to keep them protected with you no matter what. Rexpex designs and manufactures performance-driven dog gear for the active and working dog. Uh, specifically, what do they make, though? So if you wanted to get some goggles for the dog, which is great protecting them from UV rays, sticks, seeds, ducks, right, hunting dogs, and rocks, FEMA guys, think about tracking or working in thick cover, rotor wash, uh, dust and sandstorms, nasty basements or attics, or at the range. And specifically, they have interchangeable lenses. They got a dark one, and then they have a clear one. Uh, used by professionals worldwide. One of my favorite things that they actually make is the Ear Pro. It's something that we use all the time. So one of the things that we do at our handler schools is we do obedience under gunfire with a handler shooting and with backup shooting and move uh, from target to target. And the dogs actually wear the Ear Pro while we're working all the time. And we treat it just like we treat a muzzle. So the dogs will muzzle up, wear the Ear Pro, wear the muzzle, we're good to go. It knocks it down between 18 and 24 decibels, all made in quality in the United States. Rex Specs, R E X S P E C S dot com at Rex Specs Canine, letter K number nine on Instagrams and the Facebook, Working Dog Radio for your 20% off. All right, we just finished the Hits Canine Training Conference this year in Phoenix, and what a great time it was. What a great turnout, great instructions. It, I don't know, like 1,300 guys there. It was amazing. Well, guess what? They're coming back next year, August 21st to the 23rd in New Orleans. You do not want to miss it, guys. I'm telling you, it's amazing. The giveaways, the instruction, the instructors, the uh, hanging around at night, getting to meet people. And Ted and I will both be teaching there. Um, if you check them out, hitscanine.net or check them out online. They're everywhere, hitscanine.net. Um, sign up next year. Do not wait. We had a lot of people that waited too long and had to stay at a different hotel than host hotel. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss out. You will not find a larger conference to go to. It is by handlers for handlers. You definitely don't want to miss it out. Hits canine.net. New Orleans. We get a fueling a working dog can be tough, but they need high quality food to give them energy and nutrients that require for work and keep their gut healthy. For everything that we ask them to do, Kinetic Dog Food is a great balance of healthy meats and grains and is made specifically for working and sporting dogs. They have a full line of foods and supplements available. Supplements are actually really cool. They have a weight gainer and they have a, an electrolyte one too, which is uh, we actually use the kennel uh, as it's so hot all the time in Oklahoma. Uh, and they've been working to perfect their line with thousands of dogs and hundreds of departments across the U.S. And you can buy it locally. Or you can buy it online at Tractor Supply and Chewy. So hit them up at Kinetic Dog Food. That's going to be good for Instagram and Facebook. Just spell it out. And then KineticDogFood.com. Or you can send out a text. Like if you have a question, you can call them and just talk to Dave. Area code 513-615-6904. And that dude loves to talk about nutrition labels and what's actually in the food you're feeding versus what they have. So hit them connect dog food, doctor. It's no secret that we love Ray Allen canine equipment. We use their products every single 
day. Their mission statement says it all, to be a world leader in quality and innovation of professional canine equipment for police, military, Schutzen, and ring sport to exceed our customers' expectations, deliver on time, every time at a fair price. We full-heartedly believe they've held true to that statement since this is our go-to one-stop shop for everything canine and everything dogs. They got a brand new training app. You can get on there and you can track your training uh, for each and every single dog that you do. They do new product collaborations. Just ask Mike Jones out of Primal Canine. He's done some great stuff with them. Uh, they'll work with you. RayAllen.com, uh, WDR10 for 10% off. Um, we love them. We use them all the time. Matt and the folks out there are great people. We see them also everywhere we go. They're out in sunny Colorado. RayAllen.com, WDR10 for 10%. All right, everybody, we are back. Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Me, Eric, and uh, my co-host Ted with uh, Joe Bologna from Florida. Um, we've uh, Ted and I have both known Joe for a, for a while. Where where did we go? I can't remember why I was in Florida. You and I went to dinner and had a drink. Yeah, you were at that ski uh, that skiing thing. Oh Atlanta. yeah, yeah. I went down there with some friends uh, for the world yeah. ski thing. That's right. Is, is that when you got your head injury, Eric? No, no, no. Uh, oh wait, it might have been. Was did I? Was it when I went there for or the your, wakeboard? Your other head injury? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wakeboarding, yeah, that one, yeah, um, yep, yeah, a couple of concussions. Uh, at, I was like fifty-two years old. I can't. That's so stupid. <laughs> Fifty-one, fifty-two. So, anyways, uh, we're talking to Joe about uh, his his time working with his dog. He this this reminded you, man. I forgot. I wanted to say this at the beginning. You're talking about your your dog, um, who's on his last leg, right? Yeah. Um, back in my old department in Canton, there uh, recently we had uh, a dog who I trained when I was there um, myself and, and Chris, his handler, who I've known Chris since about 1994, I think. And uh, his dog Zane, this was his um, second dog Zane. We, we got Zane. He was like 11, 10, 11 months old Malinois. I picked him up from the breeder and took him to, I forget where it was. I put him in the car and I was talking to the vendor, not a breeder, but the vendor, for a while, I come back in and he'd eaten like the side curtain airbag out of the back of the car. So he was a free dog, but he immediately cost us like six thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took him to to uh, Chris's house and and him and Chris had a a really good career, dual purpose explosive dog. He retired, he had cancer. Um, they they lopped off one of his legs. He lived for a little while here, and um, he just passed uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. But um, anyways, Chris and I don't uh, get along anymore, which is unfortunate, his fault and my fault. I can admit, I I think he's been a jerk off to me and I've been a jerk off to him. But if he, and he'll hear this um, and that's fine. I don't care. Chris, it doesn't matter. Zane was pretty awesome. He was a good dog. Um, so anyways, uh, let's talk about the topic at hand. Um, things Things that you're seeing in training that ends up, manifests itself on the street absolutely so like we talked earlier today obviously training has evolved correct um a lot of guys are doing the scenario based training it's 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 the new thing that's what they want to do that's what's going on it's not if we're done with the hey get your dog send them in a building hey get the next dog same building next dog same building and so on so forth or the same track or whatever and obviously like we said, we we evolved, we have evolved from that. 
it's all fun and dandy and you can train and do your, do your, do your, um, scenario based training. Mm-hmm. But what happens when now training day is over and we come back to the street. Okay. And the biggest thing I'm hearing now is, well, he's so good at this dog is so good at training, but he can't find shit when the, when it really happens. Right. Well, that's what, that's what I'm seeing on, on my end. And not just that this, not where I'm at now, but, uh, different agencies around the state and around the country, obviously. Um, so how do we how do we help that? How do we how do we change that? Well, my opinion, we change that by training just doesn't stop at training day, right? And I think we will agree with that. Um, we have to continue our tracking. We have to continue work in the building and stuff like that. Um, and the options are endless, right? Endless for what you can do. I, my personal opinion is I think besides besides detection work, which is probably for our handlers out here is probably 90% of the work, right? We have a very, we have a huge drug problem out here. Obviously uh, fentanyl is rapid out in the side of the outside of the state. Um, but I believe, you know, we have to find people. That's, that's our biggest goal, right? Our finding people can, you have to continue. You just can't go on a Tuesday training day and say, Hey, um, just a training day is going to be it. And that's it. You have to continue that. So how do we do that? Well, we put tracks down, right? I like to, I'm, I'm big on tracking, huge in tracking. And Eric, I've stolen stuff from you um, to start tracking, things like that with the the, the, mm-hmm. the three tracks with the toy. Mm-hmm. We're on the same track. I've done that. Um, I'm very big on the Dick Stahl method of tracking to an article. Um, you know, I love doing that. Um, or, you know, and just, just, or tracking to, you know, just to a toy or whatever, just getting, just getting your reps in, getting your reps in. Um, but I'm, we're not seeing that, right. We're not seeing that out here. We're not getting the, the, the these eyes are not getting their reps in. They're saying, well, it's enough. Tuesday training is enough. Tuesday training is enough or Wednesday training is enough, whatever day you train. And to me, it's just not. And we're, and I'm seeing the, the downfall of it. I really am. Um, for me, I, 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 when I was, when I was uh, running a dog, I literally would put down at least five to six tracks a night, at least. Okay. Um, you know, we have the downtime, unless you're working in a super crazy, busy city, you have the downtime and cr- trust me, you do. I've seen guys with, you know, their feet kicked up and you could be training your dog five to six tracks a night, uh, usually two to three self tracks. And I usually would have a guy run a track for me. And the biggest thing is the, the last thing I would do is I'd try to find like a homeless person. Right. And watch them. Like a creeper, like I'm still creeping behind them, and no lights on. Like, where are you going, buddy? And then next thing you know, you know, start the track from there, and then end it wherever he goes into where he goes. Um, so that's how you find. That's how you get better. Is obviously reps after reps after reps after reps. Um, a lot of people don't like doing bite work during training. I've noticed that here, uh, and we we uh, it's it's crazy. What? Yeah, we've uh, we've had some people say no bite work during um, unless you are you are going to train day. Um, yeah, it's it's you know stuff like that. So it's like you know, I, can you show different ways of bite work? Can you show different ways of biting? You know, bites different you know uh, placement bites and you know bites in the legs, bites in the forearms, bites in the triceps. Uh, a lot of guys don't have that. Um, they only bite on training day. You know, so I'm just seeing just you're just noticing just 
the downfall, like, yeah, my dog is great on training day, but what happens the other six days of the week? How do you uh, approach training groups and things like to, to fix that? Where, where do you start? <clears throat> well, I'm very, uh, I don't mind just going to them and saying, Hey man, you, this, this sucks. <laughs> you know, mm. um, we have, you got to change something, um, out where I'm at. Um, it's, uh, it, you could see that their, their training is pretty solid, right? Um, it's, it's very solid, but you, a lot of other agencies out there, uh, there's an agency that I help out here, um, that, you know, trainers, their training guy's not even, um, he's not even an FDLE certified trainer. He's not a certified trainer for anything. Uh, real nice kid, real nice guy. He wants to learn so much, but it's like, you know, you know, how do I start? I just, they give me this unit and it's like, good luck kind of thing, you know? So I will go, I'll just try to go to him like, Hey man, this, you need to do this, this, and this, if you want to be successful, you know? And again, it's start, start with the reps, man, get your reps in, get your reps in. Your, your, your bait, your training day isn't just supposed to be, it's your training day is supposed to do like your scenario stuff. Right. But again, your other days of work, you have to put in the work in, or you're, you're not going to, like I said, you're not going to be successful at it. So I'm not afraid to go in there and tell them like, Hey, I'll write you uh, guys. I'll write you a, a training plan. If you want me to, like, I'll write you a training plan and say, here, this is what needs to be done. And this is just my opinion. This is what needs to be done. And this is how much needs to be done to get this dog on track. And some dogs might need less. Some dogs might need more. It depends on what kind of dog you have. Ted, where was that, that we were at? Uh, was it <clears throat> one of the hits where the kid came up to us and said, I get so much information on your podcast. Cause they, I, he's like, they put him in charge of a training group of like, I don't know, say eight, eight dogs mm -hmm. or whatever. He's the senior uh, guy and he had like a year on. Yeah. So he, yeah. They made him he, the trainer. Yeah. It was a training group of shit. It was in Maryland. So it was, five or six years ago and uh he's probably listening to this he's gonna send us an email or an instagram message but he was from somewhere in the middle like nebraska iowa like somewhere in that area and he was in a training group of eight and i think he'd been a cop for five years and he was the most senior cop and most senior handler and he'd been a handler for three years jesus that's right and yeah, he yeah. was like and he was like i don't and i probably butchered that and if you're listening to this i don't remember your name i remember talking to you and i'm sorry um email me <laughs> and don't be mad but um because i talk about you all the time because I, anyway so but yeah and like they don't know what they don't know and on top of that he worked for an agency it was a sheriff's department and the dogs are from neighboring agencies and city agencies so they had like eight you know like multiple counties multiple cities whatever else and none of the admins had dog experience, like, unless it was like the early 2000s. Yeah. Like, and they were like, oh, fuck, we don't know. Just do this. And you're, and I'm like, and so I remember talking to this kid at Hits and Eric and I were both like, yo, yo, dude, like, no, that's not how you do things anymore. So, and he said, you know, I, and I, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I don't experience. think, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's an isolated. Um, it's I don't think that's isolated. So. It's, not, it's not. You're seeing you're seeing that more and more, right? You're seeing that, of course, especially in the day and age of police, right? In, the, in policing itself, okay. Um, the the you're seeing canine handlers have less experience because hey, we don't have enough officers. We need to fill our canine unit, 
and you know mr johnny over here only has you know mr you know has two years experience you know he was a go-getter but what does he know you know and next thing you know now he's a trainer what happens when you go to court you know what i'm saying how do you, you know, as a trainer you know what i'm saying how do you testify like yeah i signed off on this well what's your certifications what do you know like what is your experience I, well, I don't have any. I, 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 I had a leash once, you know, something like that. Um, I used to get made fun of a lot because when I would have a, like a track, like a, I could do a track or a building, whatever, uh, whatever you want to call. After I was said and done, let's say I didn't find the guy or, you know, or it was, it was empty or something. I would say, hey, we're going to run this. We're going to run this exact track or we're going to run a track now in the same neighborhood. And it's like, why do you do that? Well, I do that because... One, I want to get better, right, as a handler and as a trainer, but I also want to get my dog better, and I want to get my squad better in setting up perimeters. Like, we would do a full – we would go right back into it, lights back on, your track and your running, and go right back into it because you have to get that rep in. And another thing, too, is I want to pay my dog, right, that he did good. I want to say, hey, you did good, and give him something. So – um they would always say like, well, you, you know, you're, you're, you're like, you're always going, you're always going. Yeah. I'm always going. Cause I want to be the best, you know? And that's, that's my mentality. And I think that's what you're not seeing here is it's mostly, uh, I, you guys talked about this before. It's not, it's now it's no longer, Hey, I want to be a canine handler and I want to be, I want to go find bad guys and I want to be the best out there. No, it's, it's what kind, what kind of car am I going to get? Am I getting mm. a, am I getting a red dot on my gun? Am I getting the cool, what, what canine patch am I getting? And that's, I think that's what we're seeing a lot of now today. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I can see that. That's been like that for a while though. But, uh, so in, in the training groups in scenario based training, Ted and I, you know, we talk about this stuff we have for years over all over the country. Um, a lot of guys, when they go to the training days, they're, they're pretty cool with, uh, teaching, um, like you can throw all the kitchen sink at, at the dog, right? All you want, everything you want to do for the dog, but the handler, I ain't here to be trained myself. Mm -hmm. So and we get, you get pushback on scenarios that are decision-making scenarios for, for the cops. How do you get them to buy in on that? Um, I, I try to put a, I'll put them in a scenario where if I, I'll put them in a scenario. If I see that they're not really like really into it, um, like you said, I'll put them in a scenario where it's either life or death and really show them, you know, what can happen to you on this stuff. You know, um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of these guys, they've never had a, a real find or they never had a find where, you know, guys told you, Hey, you come in here, I'll kill you. You know what I'm saying? I've had that, um, put them in a life and death scenario. And I'm talking like real life, you know, dog comes in and next thing you know, that dog comes in, he bites the suit, let's say, and next thing you know, that that decoy ain't feeling nothing, and now he's attacking that officer, and you're putting you're putting it on him, you're putting it on him, and you're showing that officer, hey, this could really happen. You get one of these guys that's hopped up on whatever the name drug here, okay, and he ain't stopping, he ain't feeling pain. Good luck, because you're by yourself now, let's say, with only you and a dog, and I'm not coming. I'm, I'm sitting, I'm watching this from the background, and I will I will let that toe that decoy. Put it on him, and put him through that. Put him through life or death scenario. So it's funny you mentioned that. Like uh, our buddy Billy Sawyer up in Colorado, mm -hmm. up in Longmont. Um, Billy just posted online uh, a scenario he was running with his training group, and um, it was 
inspired by some dash cam that went around of uh that was horrible of an officer uh basically just kind of fucking standing there while another officer's yep. fucking fighting for their fucking life right so billy's like i want to see what the fuck happens here and he could tell he was like the other handlers would come out of the room and you know i mean and if you've ever been through, well, Joe, you've been through HRD, but if you've listened to these through HRD, there's a scenario that we do where we give some instructions to some of the backup guys that you're fucking worthless. And it has a profound effect, right? Um, the, and the scenario that I'm talking about HRD has a different effect than what I'm talking about, what we're talking about here. But um, Billy ran a scenario that was similar to that where you had a, you had a backup officer that was fucking worthless. Yeah. And like, you're in there fucking fighting and you're like, yo, and you know, this happens a lot. Um, there's a uh, an ongoing thing in um, Eric's state uh, with a canine handler that I got asked to review some stuff on. And during the, the body cam footage, the handler actually asked the backup guys. He literally is like, yo, can you fucking help me? <laughs> and oh. I was like, uh, yikes. Yeah. So uh, eh, eh, that is not a... And that brings up an interesting point, too, because... Um, we talk about training a lot, right? Like canine guys, and I have to remind admins of this. And I had a large um, agency stop by the kennel tonight, and I had to remind them, or we reminded them that, um, you know, canine is one of the few units that has a mandated minimum amount of training, other than mental health hours and like what are the other bullshit that everybody has. To do? Not that mental health hours aren't important, but whatever. But everybody knows what I mean, and. And K9 is one of those units that has a, like, how many, how, Eric, how many mandatory SWAT hours do you, do you guys have to train? Mandatory. Zero. Uh, <laughs> SWAT trains all the fucking time. Like, they train no all the fucking time. Always training, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they train fucking, like, our SWAT guys here in Tulsa, they are constantly training. They're almost a full-time unit. Mm -hmm. And zero mandatory training other than their fucking bullshit cleat shit that they have to do once a year for their firearms qualification or whatever, mental health hours. K9 is the only unit that has a mandatory minimum amount of training that should be done. And we really drive that home with administrators. And on top of that, you need to have your non-K9 people work with your work with your guys mm -hmm. with your canine guys and everybody needs to be on the same fucking page and it's it's a thing and it has gotten weird in the last yeah 15 16 months with some cases that have come up i want to touch on that and that's the and i think that's our problem here too is there is a mandatory right and i've been hearing that a lot well it's mandatory 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 I say, yeah, we have to have mandatory training, right? Mandatory hours, I should say. But that should be thrown out the window. Like, that should be literally thrown out the window. And and I, I, I fight with this, too. I fought my my old administrations. Like, yeah, yeah, we, you guys allow me 16 hours a month. But I'm going to be training. I want to be training every single day I'm working. Do you know what I'm saying? Give me that. I, I need. I need that because again, my 16 hours a month or whatever we trained at during that that time is, it's just not enough. It's just not enough. But the thing is, they hear mandatory and they say, "Well, that's it. That's all they're going to get." So I think that I think the mandatory just needs to get out of their their heads and say, "Do you guys got to do you and just you know be the best out there and don't don't get hurt." And that's the, that's the biggest thing. I, I think that's what we're going to see here is. Just people are going to start getting hurt more 
because again, now all these, you know, all these canine guys are wearing body cameras now, you know what I'm saying? Back in the day when the body cameras first came out, the canine guys, you don't wear body cameras. You don't wear body cameras because it's, if you wear a body cam, you see it. I mean, Marion County always shows their stuff, right? Marion County's, Marion County puts a Facebook post almost every, every single day. And you could see it's, it's, it's a dog, literally a dog fight out there. And people are like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. This is happening. Well, that's that's what this is. That's what it's a very dangerous position and very gruesome position, I should say. So, yeah, um, I, I I agree. The you, you're you're dead on with the 16 hours that they're like that's what you get. That's it's what it says. Um, but like we talk all the time about um, most SWAT teams in the country, the 99 percent of them are part time teams. Some are busy part time, like my old department. The it's a, it's a joint team. They're very busy, but they get tons and tons and tons of training. Mm-hmm. And uh, canine guys uh, get there two two a month. And the last chief, he cut them down to one a month. Mm-hmm. And um, so the SWAT team is used once a week, maybe once every two weeks. And yeah. the canine guys are used 22, 23 times a shift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every shift. Yeah. Like right. some Every of shift. our guys yep. and your guy, Eric, your guys too. Some of my guys have some where they've had three or four apprehensions a shift. Yeah. In one fucking shift. So they're either tracking a felony suspect that is violent and has committed a crime against a person, maybe with a weapon, maybe not, but has committed violent crime against a person and fled. And they're doing that three or four times a shift and SWAT is like, meh. And SWAT, you've got, you know, you got eight or nine guys behind you that are yeah. fully trained. And as a canine guy, you're hoping that you're you're hoping that your backup officer hates doesn't hate dogs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, or is it at least from the same agency? The same agency. Exactly. <laughs> An agency yeah. where I used to work, the agency right next to us, the city right next to us, they didn't have dogs. So I was always going there. And you know, it's like every, it was every it was every um, every time I would deploy, it was a different person every single time. And uh, one time I actually had that. I'm halfway into a into a deployment. I'm in the woods, like we're on this guy, and I'm in the woods. And next thing you know, um, the guy goes, "Hey man, I don't want your dog to bite me." This is the backup guy, and I'm like, "Dude, just just stay with me." And he's like, well, stay, out of, stay out of the fucking way." I'm definitely, goes, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely afraid of dogs, and he just freezes. I'm definitely afraid of dogs. And I'm like, you fucker, like, get the hell away from me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Now I'll just do it myself. Why are you the guy here? Yeah. Why are you? And, and, and I mean, obviously it's, you know, sometimes and now I'm like, do I literally have to like do an interview with somebody? Like, Hey, are you afraid of dogs? Are you in shape to do this? Or, I mean, no, we don't have time mm-hmm. for that. You know? So, you know, the, the, like I said, the SWAT guys, you'll have eight or nine guys behind you who are highly trained. Good luck who your runner is, you know? And that's why, um, we used to run. I don't know, Eric, if you guys did this where you were, where you, where you work, but we try to run. We try to have canine handlers run with us, um, and we were very our our agencies together um, where I worked in in Seminole County. We were very we worked very well together. So, like, if the I, I, if the sheriff's office had a, a, a deployment, I would either you know I would go with that guy or vice versa. So it was always a canine guy with us, um, and then usually a second another guy with us as a gun guy. So. Um, yeah, if if we could, if if there was two of us there, first guy there, yeah. he gets the dibs, you know, and then you get to go, uh, you go with him. But I probably, in my time 
doing canine handling as a as a backup guy probably only a handful of times maybe four or five times uh it's just it's just the nature of of the way our shifts were scheduled yeah. it was not all that often we had to, uh to each shift had like three dogs or two mm-hmm. dogs and they weren't always working at the same time it was uh so it wasn't all that popular so i had a guy call me and he was like he's like hey i mean I, i'm this is northern florida and he's like dude i run by myself i don't have the yeah, I've, heard, I've done that I'm like jesus terrible I mean, it's it's so dangerous. Eric, if you were one of my handlers, I would fucking yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you ever fucking track alone. Or dude, uh, I would do building searches by myself. Um, yeah. guys yeah, and... hanging outside because uh God damn it. The the dog, yeah. It was so stupid. I know. It was stupid. But, um so anyways, we're gonna go and take our next commercial break. When we come back, we got some more I got some training questions for Joe that'll probably surprise you guys a little bit, but uh Go ahead and stick around again. Don't uh, fast forward through the commercials. If you do, check the show notes for the uh, discount codes. We've got a lot of them in there. Um, so we'll be right back. Stick around. Some of our oldest sponsors are the Pergasons down in North Carolina at Highland Canine Training. We love those folks. We see them everywhere. All the stuff that we do, we go to. We have a good time with them. But the fact is they're really good dog trainers. They're really good dog people. They got full courses uh in person and online they got a trainer uh dog trainers course uh that you can go down there and learn how to train working dogs uh pet dogs everything uh they do a lot of business stuff on there um but one of the best things they have is an online supervisor course the course discusses topics such as proper selection of dogs handlers proper deployment and FLSA issues 30% off with that with a discount code WDR30 great people down there they know their stuff uh, tactical police canine training.com is the website tactical police canine training.com wdr30 for 30 percent off the online supervisors course guys you need to get on there and check them out they are great highland canine training don't miss out one of the longtime sponsors of the show is doctor eric and i are actually both field staff guys so uh doctor has been committed for over 20 years to crafting training college to perfect precise fit and finish and intuitive design and account and accountable performance the 1900 SE collar demonstrates what they strive for, which is an ultimate dog training tool that is durable, dependable, and designed for the most demanding conditions. And I actually use this thing at the kennel. They have the new black one that has the lock and the boost feature on it as well, as well as the hands-free, which we use a ton. If you guys follow me on social media, you see that I use that during tracking. We do that negative reinforcement trick, which is what is the collar that we're using. The other thing is the YS600. So funny fact, it stands for yo, shut up the number of times <laughs> that you won't have to say it because it works every time. So use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off any single item over 200 bucks. And of course, they also have the popper and the dropper, which I think I have five of that can I use all the time. So hit them up, dogtra.com, WDR10 for 10% off a single item over 200 bucks. And new advertiser guys, Rex Specs. We love them. They believe that any adventure work or play is better with a dog by your side to keep them protected and with you no matter what. Rex Specs designs and manufactures performance-driven dog gear for the active and working dog. 20% off your first order discount code working dog radio it's no secret that i love my alm suit from arnaud out at alm canine equipment in sunny las vegas nevada i've had that thing forever eric affectionately refers to it as my carhartt suit because it's so thin <laughs> uh i've had multiple sleeves put back on it send it back to arnaud he fixes me up every single time the fit and finish is top notch 
and it fits me like a glove. I refuse to go anywhere without it. I work sport dogs and PSA without it. I just did a trial in California where that thing. I work police dogs pretty much every day of the week, and then I will use it for personal protection dogs as well. So hit ALM canine equipment up on Instagram and Facebook, and then go to ALM canine, letter K number nine, equipment.com, and use the discount code WD radio for 10% off of your first order. And this is completely custom. So made to measure, pick your colors, whatever you want to do. Arno will work with you. You can make it as thin or as thick as you want, but hit them up. AOM canine equipment. Ever dreamed of having your own kennel, but don't know where to start. Horizon structures has taken all of the guesswork out of building a kennel. Everything is pre-built to your specifications and preferences and then assembled and dropped off on your land. Boom. New kennel. Hooked up to your electric, hooked up to your water, put dogs in it that day. And those things are amazing. You've got to see them to truly believe them. Get on the website, horizonstructures.com. You can custom build. You can buy one that's already built. Go off of their design. Come up with your own design. They'll work with you. Uh, They always are running discounts on the website with ready-to-go kennels. The kennels are already ready to go. There's always discounts. Horizonstructures.com. Check them out. All right, everybody. We are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting the bite. Myself and Ted are with our our friend Joe from Florida. Um, Florida Man is the name of this episode. We're going to call it Florida Man. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what I want to talk about is something I talk about in my class briefly, my seminars on removing conflict or, or e collar without conflict, and I talk about. I ask everybody in the audience how many of you canine handlers teach or train pets. And one, two, will do it. And uh, myself, years ago, and it's it's brought up to me all the time by one of my guys, Mike. You, I remember you saying, "Fuck that! I ain't never fucking teaching pets." Almost identical to Ted saying it several times over the years. I will never train pets. But what I tell everybody in my class, I say, first of all, guys, you're in your uniform too much. You're working too many side jobs, too many extra duty jobs. I get the overtime stuff because it goes in your pension a lot of places and kind of that. But I'm like, A, people want you as a canine handler to train their dog. Uh, now, granted, you have to learn a better way than training like like a police dog. But I said they want you to. So there's a way for you to make really good money unrelated to police work and training dogs. But I absolutely believe wholeheartedly that if you want to get better as a trainer of police dogs, you should train pet dogs. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, yeah, you hit that uh, nail on the head right off the bat. Um, my com- my com- training has completely changed my police dog training because I have started training pets. Okay, um, you know, obviously, I you know, we all I, I think we all came from it. The whole you know, cranking the dog on a pinch collar, choke collar, et cetera, whatever. You know, um, and I, you know, I, I came from that, toned it down a little bit, obviously. Um, and because, you know, we would have people videotape us and stuff during training, but, um, it was still that harsh, like, you know, boost and everything like that. It was very, you know, monotone and loud, you know, very angry. Um, few years into my, few years into my canine training, um, my buddy of mine said, Hey, I have this lab. Would you help me train him? And I'm like, you know, what the hell do I know about training a lab? I, I, and I train Mallies and Shepherds and stuff like that. I said, all right, you know, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll train them. Let's see what happens. And 
I think after when I started training this lab, I was like, I'm going to bring this to my police side. And, um, you know, I think I'm one of thousands of trainers now that food has completely changed my way of, of way of my thinking. Okay. I use food for everything now. Okay. Um, and then obviously bring out the, you know, t- you know, eventually removing food, go to a toy, things like that. But just the, the way of, there's no more conflict, you know, the conflict's gone and you're seeing where that, like we talked about earlier with my, with my shepherd. Okay. My Malinois here, my crazy Dutchie that I have, I trained all in food. I even trained his out using food. Okay. And tone avoidance. Thank you, Eric. Um, the tone, you know, the tone, the tone training. Okay. And I paired the out of a toy with tone and food, tone and food, tone, stem, food. And it, it like I said, it's completely changed my training on police, the police side and taking, getting away from the all cranking of the pinch collar and taking away that conflict now the dog works with you, not against you, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and what I tell them, guys, is, um, you know, police police dog trainers uh, have it pretty easy in that um, the dog's highly motivated mm-hmm. for food or toy. In yeah. the pet world, eh, ha- half of them, maybe 60-some percent will, will work for food zero will work for a toy none of them they like toys they'll play with them they're not going to work for them under any circumstance Mm -hmm. so what works with those dogs is pressure leash Mm -hmm. and collar pressure and e-collar pressure and teaching the dog to turn off the pressure and then to avoid it altogether by doing what they're supposed to be doing it made me i mean i'm telling you before i started training pets i had gotten decent with an e-collar i used to suck man like when i was when I was training uh, police dogs full time for the department, I was slowly getting better, but I was still, yeah, fuck it. I don't need to work it out until two weeks before cert. I'll just, sm- you know, put them all and smoke them up until it didn't work. And then so I had to start learning from different people and I was getting better when I left. But my e collar system has changed 10 times since I left. Where I'm at now is where I'm going to be. But it's um, because of pets, not because of police dogs, because of pets. Yeah. Absolutely. And, your timing on pressure and understanding negative reinforcement and pressure on pressure off. If you don't really know what negative reinforcement is, has made me infinitely faster, better, and so much nicer doing the training without talking to the dog. Yeah. We have a dog that came in Wednesday and uh, he came in from the vendor that Eric and I use. Um, And this guy, Milan called me. Or called Alicia and said, "If you don't take this dog, you get the angel wings." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, you know." So like, what the fuck happened to him, right? It's this big ass German Shepherd. He saw a black. He's got brown feet. Um, and I'm like, "So what's the deal with this dog?" And he's like, "Yo, he fucked up a trainer because they were trying to put odor on him, and he like they were trying to get him closer to odor, and he popped him with a collar, and the dog went after him." And I'm like. All right. Noted. So when he got shipped in, he had a muzzle on that was zip tied. 
So yeah. when he got here, my trainer, Jaden, my head trainer and kennel manager and I were like, yeah, okay. So Jaden hops in the kennel with him. We cut the muzzle off and we start food training almost immediately. Um, they had to put the muzzle on this dog when he was under for his x-rays. And um, today I've got video of it. I'll probably post it in the next week or so of the dog willingly putting his, in one session, putting his muzzle into a putting his nose into a muzzle and accepting it and then going right back to it over and over and over again zero conflict and then moving and the first time this dog has ever had an e-collar on because he came from germany where they banned all this bullshit mm -hmm. uh the dog using negative reinforcement to he already knows it down right so i do the dick stall thing too right we start with articles first we're tracking right so that's how i imprint the e-collar um the dogs um are introduced to the e-collar with articles before they're tracking. That's how we start it, right? So, and Justin Rigney said this the other day, negative reinforcement preps the dog for what to do with positive punishment. So like I layer on a level 10-ish, 10, I think it's like a 10 or 11 um, on a dog tra, one of the new like black limited edition, what is that thing, the 1900, whatever, the, the new one. And the dog in three reps is sending into my, I call it the runway, my little Skinner box thing. He's downing, he's sending from a distance downing onto an article with no, with no resistance, no pressure, nothing, just like immediately and pressure comes off. Dog starts getting fed in the bowl, calling back, sending back over and over and over and over and over again. And like, and this is a dog that had put some people in the hospital Yeah, and this is his first training session. And it was because Jaden is, and I am really good about not picking fights with these fucking dogs. <laughs> If I don't have to, because this dog's gonna hurt somebody, and I told I told everybody, I was like, I don't care if he puts anybody in the hospital after he leaves and goes to his department. He ain't putting anybody in the hospital while he's here. So, and it's zero conflict. Like the dog was happy to work, and um, he doesn't like French fries, which is fucking weird. Uh, he likes hot dogs though, which is cool. So um, I'm good with that. But uh, so it was zero conflict. But I could see it. I was, I told Jaden multiple times, like, man, if you fuck with him too much on that collar, he's going to blast you. Yep. And Jaden's really good with collar pressure and he was great. And the dog, like, he acted like he'd been doing it for weeks. And I'm like, all right. So it, it definitely has reduced conflict and we can take some gnarly, gnarly, because it, it, this is one of those dogs and I have, 15 dogs in the last year that if you were to go to these huge kennels and everybody knew who they are, these are the dogs you would not be able to test because they're going to fucking destroy you getting them out of the kennel. Yep. They're going to try and hurt you getting them out of the kennel and they would never get selected as a green dog. We got a dog right now. Uh, his name's Havoc. I don't know. I just, I posted him on my Facebook and Instagram a few weeks ago, but um, this lady I'm training with her, her beautiful Malinois, absolutely beautiful Malinois, could be a police dog tomorrow. Um, she, uh, but she wanted to do EOD training. So, um, I'm doing the, um, the, you know, the odor pays box from Cameron. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't know if you got, I'm getting great results from that, but going back to pressure and e-collar when we got it on there, I mean, he loves food. The guys, this dog's a vacuum cleaner, right? He goes into the box, boom, boom, boom. When you start duration with him though, he starts getting aggressive, right? He starts pawing at the paw, pawing, pawing, pawing. So he starts drive starts building and he yeah. building right so she is she's an old school Schutzen training like she is into the Schutzen way next yeah go next and you know I see where this is going 
I'm at the box. She's, you know, she's doing, she, you know, she's pulling, and we're doing opposite reflex and string into the box. Like, boom, boom, boom. You know, she, he gets to the box. He paused. Boom. She goes nine. Bop. Pops in. This dog goes rah, 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 up, almost up her arm. I'm like, holy shit. She's this dog. Should I kill him? Right. I said, all right, not a problem. I said, let's, let's do this again. We put, we go to the box, go to the box again. I said, give me the e-collar remote. Just give me the e-collar remote and just let, let it be. You just hold the leash. Okay. Hold the leash. Put him on a flat. Hold the leash. Comes in, goes in. He starts pawing. I do tone stem immediately. Tone stem. No shit without, well, I think after two sessions, that dog will not paw at anything and will stare at that can for, I, I think we got him good for 20, over 20 seconds last couple of days. So that, that's it's, really good, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing when you take the conflict out of the situation, what happens. Yeah. So for the, for those of you who are, haven't been to my class or can't get to it or don't want to do it, basically one of the things it comes down to is remove your voice from the corrections, right? Uh, we, we want your voice to be a command. We want the behavior to be a correction because if the behavior causes the correction, the behavior will go away, right? The behavior of pawing at the box or not sitting, not recalling, not downing when he's told. So stop pairing your nine and your correction at the same time or anything else with your correction. You want um, the dog to believe that his behavior caused him. So it, it, you guys would, if you just think that way, you really enjoy it because there's no talking. Right now we have a deaf pit bull mix in our kennel that we're training. It's the best, dude. And I'd say a fucking You word. still talk to it though, don't you? Of course. Because it makes I, you feel better. What I do is I have music playing and I sing the music. I sing the music real loud and it doesn't do anything. Because, guys, I got news for you. Police dogs, pet dogs, anything, if you talk incessantly to the dog or singing or whatever, you'll actually make them neurotic and a disaster. I, I just watched it happen in my handler class. Mm -hmm. The guy talks so much that the dogs start eating grass all the time. Um, uh, but, going back, it's like, uh, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you. If your track is souk, 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 shut. Losing his mind. Losing his mind. You're making him crazy. And shut up. But here's what here's something I want all the audience to think about. This is a saying that I've been using, and it kind of hits people. Is I tell them in the police dog stuff, your dog needs a leader to fight for, not a punisher to fight against or fear. And what happens is with working dogs, when they fear your even your presence because oh, this motherfucker's here, I'm in trouble. I can't do anything right. I can't even make the slightest little mistake. I'm going to get punished all the time. Everything that comes out of his mouth is punishment. In the pet dog world, most of those dogs just kind of cower, or get afraid or nervous or weird just in your presence. The police dogs become violent against the handler. That's it. They bite the handler. Some of them become real nervy and weird, but... If you're always the punisher and not the behavior being the punishment, uh, your relationship is garbage. It's fucked. Because think about this. Your dog needs you to live. It needs for you his stomach and his pack fulfillment and his water and his shelter. He needs you to live. But fuck, he can't stand you because you do nothing but punish him mm -hmm. all the time. So start putting duct tape over your fucking mouths when you're working your dogs. Just cover your fucking uh, mouth. So um, when I do the e-collar course, that uh, my version of what the Eric does, the, one of the things that I talk about is um, 
negative reinforcement and positive punishment, right? So the first rule, like many, many like decades ago when I was taught to do um, detection work, the first rule of detection work that they tell you is do not correct the dog during detection work or they will not work, right? Like that's that's been, I've heard dudes that are still instructing at hits and at blue line and guys that I hold on a pedestal told me that 15 years ago, do not correct a dog during detection work. It's 2023 mm-hmm. and I will correct the fuck out of a dog during detection work. If they're doing something that I do not want them to do, there's a case that just happened and everyone freaked the fuck out about it. Uh, where a dog put his paws on a car yep. in Idaho and they vacated a sentence because that was constituted trespassing. There's the guys from hits can are from hits and from police canine radio. And I think uh, Gene Ramirez did a thing on it. We've had Gene on before, but he did the whole thing on it with them. And it was a great Gene's awesome. Yeah. And it was a great deal. And anyway, um, there's a ton of shit that goes on. And when we, as an industry moved from active alert to passive alert, that was where that came from. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, like one of my handlers is at a, at a training day with a bunch of other old school handlers and we use negative reinforcement. So he's low call e-collar stim during tracking. And they were like, what the fuck are you doing? Using that e-collar during track? You're going to ruin that dog. And I'll be damned if that motherfucker doesn't Hoover everything. And you don't need to say anything. You tap him with an e-collar, low level stim at a one on a 3,500 X from a dog trip. Boom, dog takes off. You don't have to say shit anymore. If he plays fuck around, if you think he's fucking around, hit him at a two or a three, boom, he moves back to track. You don't have to say shit. And all of a sudden, they're like, everybody makes a face, and they kind of make this deal. And during my e-collar seminars, I'm like, I'll correct a fucking dog, especially during the early phases, especially with dogs that are super high drive with boxes, poppers, where they want to, like, the the ball is there, right? So they're going through a litany of behavior that has gotten success in the past, which is destroying fucking everything. And if you're a vendor listening to this in Europe, stop letting dogs dig tennis balls out of drawers, please. Hmm. Please, yeah. please oh, stop man. letting them, please stop letting them dig fucking drawer dogs, balls out of drawers. Because when they come to me, I have to correct the fuck out of them to stop fucking digging shit out of drawers when they get to odor so they get to the popper phase and they want to alert and they're like fuck it when i was in europe for the last six months of my life i would fuck this drawer up and i would get a ball and now i've there's been a ton of conflict created and it's something that i had nothing to do with so now i have to deal with it and i have days to fix it and i correct them there's no warning there is nothing it's a low level stem and then on top of that, I'll use negative reinforcement for a sit. So when I notice a change of behavior, low-level stim comes on. I posted a video on Instagram about it. Low-level stim, dog sits, pressure releases, ball comes out of the thing. Done deal, right? Six reps, one session. The dog stops fucking around. They stop tearing shit up. They stop trying to kill everybody. And they're like, all right, cool. I'm going to go sit on odor. Ball's going to come out. And then I don't ever have to do it again. Right. And I, like, I, I agree with you on that, Ted. I, if you start low, using low-level stim now, okay, and um, the dog in the training, the dog's gonna get used to it, right? He's gonna he's gonna get used to it right then and there. Um, I remember the trainer going back to tracking too, using the stem. Um, I would they would say on a dog trip, if the dog comes off the track, put that some bitch at 127 and fry his ass, right? Whoa. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh. 
time out. (laughs) But I was like, you know what, though? I see where they're coming at, but let's not do 127. You know what I'm saying? And I I was having – I had an issue with a dog where he was on – coming off track and going to like, you you know, uh, cat, cat piss or dog piss or whatever, you know, know, enter piss here, you know? And I was like, well, let's try the tone stem or on this case, the dog should the vibrate to the stem. I think I used, it was a high drive now. I think we used it on, I want to say like a 25 or 30. And he, cause he was, it was a little higher than usual Uh, to this day. That dog will not go near piss. He won't go near it. And he will try. And we actually did a. We tracked him to a dog park. I went right to a fucking dog park um, at night. Obviously, there's nobody, you know, dogs there. But mm-hmm. right to a dog park where all the piss and shit everywhere I was at. And that dog was nose to fucking ground the entire time. So it, it works. It, it definitely works. Yeah, right. it, it, it's good. I, I uh, we've had a lot of success with it, um, and uh, it just it's amazing with like on the pet side with aggressive dogs or reactive dogs, how much better it works than yeah. just stimming the dog, the people. That's what I was working on with a client today um, on a follow-up about it. All right. So we're going to, we're going to close uh, real quick. What I want to ask you is what the fuck's happened with DeSantis, man? Like if you, li- if you read everything, he's falling apart, dude. Like he fired his whole team like a couple days ago. I think. Yeah. I don't want to, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really been getting to, involved in the politics lately. I've been too freaking busy, man. But, um, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. The guy should have just never ran for president. I'll just leave it at that. Just stay where he's stay at. In Florida, stay in Florida. Stay with us crazies out here. You know, like mm-hmm. my sewer guy I had a few uh, last year and stuff like that. If you want to hear that story, I'll tell you that one here in a second. Um <laughs> You want a good Florida? You want a good Florida man story? Yeah, let's end, yes. end, yes. end us with a Florida yes. story. <laughs> we need a Florida man story. I don't get the politics anymore, but I just I'll leave it at that. Like he should just never ran for president. Stay in Florida, man. Stay yeah. in Florida. You did a great job. Um, but uh, so yeah, we'll end it. We'll end it with a couple of stories. Um, a couple, yeah, yeah. I had a guy go through a sewer. Um, he went from one side of a major highway. He broke the sewer, crawled under the sewer, and came out of a Burger King. Um, yeah, and uh, the lady actually ordered the lady who told the person of Burger King literally ordered her entire meal, like a number one with a freaking large diet coke, and said, "Oh yeah, by the way, there's a guy in the sewer over there asking for help." <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, oh God, man. priorities, food first. Yeah, food first, food first. Um. It, 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 yeah, but it's Florida's. Uh, no, what else? Uh, listen, I want to hear some dumb Florida shit that you did that I've done. Yes. Uh, oh, God, there's so many. <laughs> yeah, uh, give give me a good one. You're like, this was so fucking, stupid, I can't believe I did it. Come on, this is where Kerr versus West Palm Beach comes from, which is the <laughs> fucking shit. Not, not at show. work. It doesn't have to be at work. It can be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a shirt, but this is fucking shit show's territory. Oh, stuff I've done. Ah, uh, guys, you put me on the spot right now. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I gotta plead the fifth on that one, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. All right, that's okay. Maybe uh, yeah. maybe next time. Maybe next time we're yeah, not. Recording. Maybe we're sitting at the bar. We'll we'll, we'll talk I'll about it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So where can people find us? Give the name of your um, business and everything. Yeah, so uh, my name of the business is Bolo Canine Services. Uh, they've been calling me Bolo for, God, 15 years now. So I said, you know what? I'll name it that. So it's Bolo Canine Services. Um, 
Don't have a website yet. Uh, still trying to get with this computer crap, guys. I'm not the I'm not computer savvy whatsoever. Um, so I'm trying to get a website going. But right now, Instagram, uh, Bolo Canine Services, uh, Bolo uh, Letter K Number Nine Services, and then Facebook, same thing, Bolo Canine Services. Um, we're doing pet dogs. We're doing. I'm, well, I say uh, we're, we. It's me right now. Me. I'm doing pet dogs, police canine training, whatever I can do, I do it. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just we're rocking and rolling, man. I'm I'm pretty busy out here. Um, uh, like I said, I just picked up three more clients out here, so I'm I'm sweet between my full time job and working dogs, man. That's what we're doing. That's good, Ted. What about you? Where were you? We're gonna talk about hits here. Uh, yeah. So here in about a month, we're going to be in Arizona. Hopefully it cools the fuck down. It's like 9 million degrees there. People are pissing themselves and shitting themselves on Southwest airline flights, uh, on the tarmac this morning, um, in Phoenix. So that's neat. Uh, hopefully that abandons itself, but, uh, we're going to be instructing at hits. You're doing the e-caller thing and I'm doing the scenario based training. Uh, it hits, uh, in August. God, I hope it's cooler. If not, they have a uh, a wave pool that where you can surf in. So uh, I'm doing that. You can bring that. I'm bringing my girlfriend, so that's going to be fun. Um, she's going to laugh at me while I'm surfing. I'm sure. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and then after that, I'm decoying at a trial in Gilroy, California, like literally that weekend. And that following Monday, I'm going to be in San Jose, California, for an HRD. Uh, yeah. And then I've got a couple more HRDs for the end of the year. So. Cool. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. hits hits is we're gonna have a booth and everything, guys. So if you're there, you wanna come up and bullshit, man. Uh stop up, stop up to the booth or come check out our classes. Um we usually uh, get a pretty good turnout for our classes. So um everybody wants to come and half the people wanna hear what we have to you know, what we're the topic, the other half wanna stare at the monkeys because we're just a freak show. So, the other half wants to hear how many times Eric says the F word like it's a South Park episode and they have a fucking counter going. Yeah, I'm I'm actually I tell you, I'm going to try to do better at that. Uh, at, at, like you're going to um, have a higher number or what? No, no, no. Oh, better as in mm, not doing it. I could see oh. how they could be misconstrued. Uh, in uh-huh, Pittsburgh uh-huh. this year, it was bad. Okay. It was bad. Uh, I got to stop. Um, just be it's not as bad as Griff. Griff uses it yeah, like he yeah. uses like we use a. Uh, He's yeah. just like fuck. <laughs> like, you know how those girls always say like, like yeah. you know, like like Griff says fuck. So exactly. So we love you, Griff. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do. Um, anyways, uh, check out our our website, uh, workingdogradio.com. We got some good T-shirt ideas on there. Um, we're waiting on our artists to send back the ideas that we Ted and I just each came up with a shirt idea oh, that'll be pretty good. That's right. Not sure. It should have been back. I forgot right, about to follow that. up on that. So, anyways, no, Joe, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, we miss you, man. We haven't got to see you in a minute. It was great having you on. You guys want to come down, man? We, uh, you know, we we'll, guys come on out, man. We'll have some fun. Uh, got a lot of guys out here that are eager to learn. Um, you know, either HRD or the e collar class guys. I mean, we we love to have you come down here, guys. It's weird the, how this works, Joe. Is someone has to host us. True story. Both I'm of those. I'm so, trying. I'm trying. I was just I was just in Fort Myers this year with them boys down. Jari. I know. I tried to get down there. I couldn't get all my days off. Yeah. So I think but, a uh, lot of people uh, think we just poof and yeah. show up at a department and we have we'll a get, we'll get you guys down here. I gotta yeah. pull some strings, but we'll get you guys down here. Cool. All right, man. Well thanks. Right. I appreciate you meeting up here Thank on you. a Tuesday. Absolutely. And, uh, I really appreciate we'll it. We'll see you on the next one. You 
Graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother D E G E dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co produced by Alicia Brandt.